Hello and welcome to Studio Biz and All That Jazz. This is episode 101 of our newly branded podcast. Yay! Thank you so much for being here. Uh, my name is Josephine Lancuba, your performing arts business coach, speaker, talent manager, and industry mentor. And today I am joined by the lovely Mel Lathuris. Now, Mel is a singer, speaker, coach, educator, and podcaster who has performed professionally for over 20 years and coached for 10. Now, this lady is super smart, super savvy. She's got four degrees. Uh, she's got a postgraduate qualification in music. She's got, you know, in vocals, education and bachelor's degree in journalism, which I was really surprised by. And I thought that was just phenomenal. Uh, and she's also had an eclectic career in corporate communications, high school teaching, and is now a full-time singer, speaker, and coach. Now, in 2015, Mel created Fearless Singer, a community helping singers overcome their fear blocks to live the life of their dreams, which now has over 500 members, which is amazing, amazing. Uh, now, she launched her Fearless Singer podcast, and which I was actually a guest on only a few weeks ago. We, me and Mel actually met uh, in a women's business networking group, and you don't often see artists and creatives, like performing arts creatives, that is, in these business spaces. So it was just so lovely to see. And so as soon as we met, we're like, yeah, let's do a podcast swap. Let's, you know, let's collaborate. Let's connect. And that's what's so beautiful about getting out there and meeting new people. And, and I was very fortunate to meet Mel. Uh, she's absolutely fab. And you're going to get to know her a little bit in this show. Now, her podcast receives hundreds of downloads every month and is praised for its inspiring content. So we love that. And she's going to be inspiring you today on the show. We're going to talk about what, not just fearless singer. Yes, we're going to talk about that and how to, you know, how to become fearless. And I actually asked that question during the interview. I said, is it possible to teach someone to be fearless? And the answer Mel gave was yes. And then she broke it down. And, and I think that's going to be really interesting because it's not just about being a singer here, guys. This is about how to adapt that fearlessness into your everyday life, into your business, into, you know, everything that we do. So this is a really great conversation around that. We also talk about the arts industry as a whole, from studio ownership, teaching, through to artistry, performance, and more. You're going to, yeah, you're in for a treat. That's all I have to say. Mel is absolutely fantastic. Now, she lives and coaches in Brisbane's vibrant West End. I love that she lives in the West End in Brisbane. <laughs> that that's kind of. I mean, I've been to the West End in London, guys. I never, I never been to the West End in Brisbane. So Mel, you got to take me there, okay? Uh, you know, it sounds cool. It sounds cool. <laughs> with her cat and performs regularly with her femme-led jazz band, Yes Queen, and in her soul jazz project, Little Mel. She also puts on large-scale productions uh, and, you know, she's she's a fearless singer and that's what she showcases in her business and life and that's why I'm so excited to share this with you. Let's learn how to be fearless. Let's learn from Mel today. Let's leap into the show. Hello and welcome to Studio Biz and All That Jazz. 
I'm your performing arts business coach and host, Josephine Lancuba. This show is designed to bring you inspiration, information, and the instruments you need to create and grow the studio biz of your dreams. I will bring you a mix of solo episodes as well as interviews where I tap into the minds of industry experts. My career started as a performer over two decades ago. I later became a speaker, theatrical producer and talent manager, as well as having a successful teaching career in singing, drama and dance. Ten years into my professional journey, I became a mummer of two and with a baby on my hip, opened up my very own performing arts studio. From hardship and humble beginnings to four studio locations and a multi-six-figure performing arts biz, I know how to attract students and keep them coming back for more. And in the show, I will share with you my experiences to help you thrive and fast track your path to success. I know you have a spark inside of you with dreams and goals for the future. As your coach and mentor, I'm here to help you step into your limelight and be a cheerleader in your ear each and every week. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk studio biz and all that jazz. Hello, Mel Lathoris, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so happy to be here too. (laughs) Now, we've been having a bit of a fun chat beforehand, and we're going to get into all of that, your backstory, all the beautiful things. Um, But firstly, you know, you're a singer, you're a speaker, voice and life coach, um, creator of Fearless Singer, and there's so many beautiful elements to what you do, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that journey. But what I'd love to start with today is, you know, your voice is really the tool that is your business, but also I I can see potentially a big part of your life. So, how did you know, or when did you know that you had a voice that you wanted to share? How did that journey start for you? It started when I was really young, and I know this sounds really corny, but I, I, I was singing when I was a, a little tiny girl, and I was obsessed with uh, "Somewhere Over the Rainbow," the, the the song, and you know I would literally stand in our rickety old Queenslander in the middle of Bundaberg, and just honestly stand there. What a little loser, but no, I shouldn't be so mean to myself. <laughs> uh, on the stairs and just sing it to everybody that would be walking past. And um, yeah, I think, but it, it was really, it wasn't, it wasn't a way of showing off. I genuinely just loved to sing. And I, and I knew that part of loving something is to share it without, you know, really understanding that. But it, it must have been an impetus because, you know, I, I'd do it a lot. You know, you'd put on little shows and I'm sure you would have done the same thing as a little yeah. girl too. You put on those little house concerts before anyone who, you know, wanted to listen, yeah. you know, with your cousins or, you know. So, yeah, it was just such a... put on parties in the street. I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah, Sitting outside that's the it. front like everyone wanted to hear it or something, creating musicals actually, funnily enough, but yeah. <laughs> oh, I can so imagine you doing that. And, yeah, so it, I think... I think yeah, I knew as a as a, a young girl that it was important to to share whatever it is that you not even that you thought you were good at, but just something that you loved. Mm, mm. So it started back then. Yeah, and then amazing. of course, and then of course, you know, I got singing lessons and speech and drama, and and that. When was did really you start courage. singing lessons? I didn't actually start proper lessons until I was 12 uh, because a lot of the old school teachers of that time believed that, you know, 
to to get lessons as a as a young young one it's not it's not healthy um in terms of you know teaching technique but now we know that it's actually you can teach young people to sing um but it's more through you know you're teaching musicality as opposed to actual vocal technique but yeah so i didn't get lessons until i was a little bit older but i was doing a lot of you know speech and drama and acting up until that point and still doing a lot of you know community shows and so i was very much actively a part of the community in Bundaberg and you know if they found out you could sing you're you're singing at every kind of event you know well that's the beauty of you know small or regional or country communities is that you do actually get those um community opportunities and become that go-to person for those sorts of events and that's actually a really beautiful thing um you talked about actually, and, and, you know, a lot of the people listening here are studio owners and teachers and educators and, and people like that. And obviously you're a, a vocal coach. Um, and you actually, I thought that was interesting what you talked about because the technique of what you used to teach, of, of how you were in the world as a student has really changed to what you teach now. Do you see that often through your, like, through your evolution of teaching, do the rules keep changing or, or how does that evolve? Yeah, well, I think uh, in terms of vocal science pedagogy, it's definitely come a long way since, you know, I was, uh, you know, in my pre-teens and, and even right up until my 20s. So we've actually discovered uh, a lot through the, you know, through te technology that's been invented to actually go inside and see what is actually happening to the, the vocal muscles. Mm. We know that some of the techniques that we were taught aren't 100% true because, but that's what everybody, you know, could feel. So, you know, the, the teaching landscape has changed because uh, now we know what is actually physically happening inside. But before we had to rely on just feeling and using, you know, analogy and um, descriptors that could potentially also create a bit of confusion in some people because we all feel things differently. Uh, mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's changed because we, we know exactly what's going on and we can actually uh, use exact terminology now and, and be able to teach that. Uh, but yeah, with young ones, we, we do tend to steer away from using heavy uh, technique language and we just talk about, you know, we just talk about sort of making healthy sounds, but we, we are really just, you know, we're there to build musicality and also confidence and more importantly, the, like the love of performing yeah and absolutely. sharing that gift it didn't doesn't matter you know how you sound but it's about you know sharing and also being p part of you know a collaborative you know uh you know it, whether it's an ensemble you know so you know being in a band or singing with other yeah, it's singers about that process really isn't it yeah just 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 loving being part of something bigger mm. than yourself and absolutely and loving music yeah absolutely I would love to know when it shifted from being the student and being amongst the community to then being a professional singer and then eventually you know moving into teaching and and coaching how did that journey begin for you like when did you know hey I can actually do this and get paid for it yeah actually that that was a bit of a journey because i so i got to 17 i really wanted to be maria Callas. Uh, <laughs> she was another glamorous greek lady and i wanted to be her not even just be her in her like 
20s or 30s I wanted to be her when she was 50. I even uh-huh. created developed a warble you know thinking I was gonna be like her and I auditioned for the Queensland Conservatorium and was you know I didn't audition anywhere else didn't put any preferences for other unis I wanted to be an opera singer and I got an A on my audition so I was like yep I'm in you know this is what I'm doing next year and I didn't get in. You got an A and didn't get in. No, and I'm wow. pretty sure it was an admin er- admin error, but at the time I didn't have much confidence as a, a young kid, and I didn't really have, I don't know, I just didn't have anyone to sort of sort of go in and question these things, you know, to or just up. advocate for you and say, hey, yeah, yeah. Even if there is, a, you know, is there a wait list? Is it maybe someone? Yeah, bumps that's it. It was kind of up to me, and, which is kind yeah. of cool. If I, you know, in retrospect, it was you know, to teach that, you know, that autonomy. Um, mm. But in saying that, it put me on a completely different path. So I did a year in uh, like a performing arts subject uh, well, degree in Rockhampton. Didn't particularly love Rockhampton. No offence to anyone from Rockhampton. Um, I'm not familiar, so I don't know. what. It's, I don't want to dive too deep, but what about Rockhampton didn't you love? It's the <laughs> center for meat it's like you know they have a statue of a bull in the middle of the town it's like uh surrounded by mountains and i have what's that sorry are you a vegetarian no no it's you know there's a lot of you know meat workers up there there's a lot of also serial killing and people you know slaughtering each other with um, knives and stuff like that um anyway i shouldn't just flippantly say things like that because bundaberg is also known for like killing backpackers um love it so it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit, it's it's edgy, you know. If you've grown up yeah. in Rockhampton, you've you've survived. Well done, congratulations. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to move away from this subject about Rockhampton, but I got <laughs> far away from there. And and I thought, okay, well, what do I want to do, you know? And so I, I love people, so I decided to go and do journalism. Wow. And yeah. So I did journalism at QT, and for the purpose of because I love doing this, I love talking to people and finding about their, right. about their stories. As you know, I've got a podcast, and you've been on it. Yes. Um. And I did a week. So I finished that. I did a week at the ABC. This was just before uh, there was the big health crisis here at, at Tawong, where a lot of uh, journalists got breast cancer, and they had to demolish the site. Wow. Um, it was the week, it was actually a week before that happened and I realised, oh my God, if this is it, if this is journalism, I don't want to have anything to do with it. This is so intense. So I went and just kept working in my little music shop job. I worked in a record store and um, finally I, I got a little break in government and then I worked in media in government for a long time and rose the ranks. It's easy to do, you know, there's a, definitely a scale and got quite high up um, in media there but I was doing I was still performing in rock bands and on the weekends um, and definitely feeling like a bit of a just uh, like a bit of a phony because I was you know I was living it up on the weekends and pretending to be like this real hardcore little rocker and then having to like get up early on a Monday morning and go back to work and be, you know, in meeting mode. Like I literally, and I was so bored and I was so desperately sad when I was in those roles. Like I would go into meetings and sometimes I'd feel like I'd have to like literally get toothpicks, you know, to keep my eyes open. And I'm not even exaggerating. Yeah. I found it so hard to keep my eyes open. I would like, you know, look out the windows. It was the skyscraper overlooking George Street and the Brisbane River going, oh, there's people having lives and I'm stuck in here in this 
unnatural light. I don't know why fluoro lights exist, you know. Yeah, I think this is a really common feeling that creatives and artists have because I felt exactly the same when I had an office job. And it's not because there's anything wrong with having an office job. It's because it's not, it wasn't for me. And yeah. I know exactly that feeling of looking out the window thinking, oh, my gosh. Oh, it was so be out desperately, <laughs> agonisingly sad. And and then you'd be like, <laughs> with the fluoro lights, like, oh, this just, you feel like just, a, yeah. you know, I feel sorry for the plants also in those offices. <laughs> um, and it's like living a double life, isn't it? Cause, it is. You know, it's, it's, you know, suit by day and, and rock star by night. So So how did you go from that sort of, um, position and then transition fully and, and commit. You talk about being fearless. I mean, that's yeah, even yeah. just the bravery of making a leap of faith and saying, I'm going to like go for this. I mean, when did that transition happen? Yeah, well, there's a bit of a story to it. So I'm going to try and like just get the key yeah. parts. I actually decided, okay, right, I saved up all my money and thought I'll, I'm going to move to the UK. I'm going to go to London. I'm going to become a rock star and, you know, not going to be doing any of this ever again. But I went over there, saw how hard it was to get a, any kind of job and just yeah. went straight back into the same kind of work. Um, and doing this same thing. It's like I uplifted my life here and just put it over there. Um, I didn't even do much travel because I was, you know, doing gigs on the weekends and I was just doing rock gigs as well. But what happened was I started getting jazz piano lessons from this guy um, in Chiswick. And I, I've always loved jazz, even though I thought I was going to be an opera singer. I did grow up listening to a lot of jazz and loved Nina Simone. And, uh, yeah, so really got into that. Um and my piano teacher was like, why don't you try singing this? You know, you've got a great voice. And, yeah, and then I just started learning a lot of the repertoire and became hooked. And I thought, you know what, um, I had to come home. I detoured past China, did a little bit of a teaching gig over there, came home and I thought, okay, I'm 27. I've got, I'm definitely at a crossroad now. I can either go and just study music or I can just keep going the way that I'm going. And, you know, it's been, I'm so unhappy you know so what are you going to do just take the risk or you're going to like give yourself an early grave like it, mm. it felt a bit i know that sounds so dramatic but honestly i feel way. like I, it I does feel that it. way yeah so i just decided to just go straight into studying i, I did my bachelor of music and i did it in jazz performance um and then yeah and then i think through studying i found that for me that was an easier kind of pathway of like you know, planting yourself in a scene, getting to know other people, getting to understand, you know, the nature of gigs and how to get them and all the rest of it um, and, you know, collaborate with other people. You don't have to go and study, but it was just a pathway for me. And then I went and did my master's and then because jazz is, uh, it, it's it's definitely changing, it's getting way more inclusive uh, but at the time, it felt like if you were a chick singer, if you're if you're you're a white female singer, you you're not taken seriously. You know, it's like, do you know your key, love? Like, you know, it's kind of condescending. It's it was at the time, still is maybe in different parts. It's better here in our Brisbane scene. We're way more inclusive and understanding of each other. But at the time, it was a bit of a boys' club. Um, so Fearless Singer was actually born while I was doing my master's in jazz and vocal pedagogy to 
help other singers, you know, to feel empowered, to overcome some of the stigma, you know, that we had attached to us. Um, and yeah, just a, a place to feel empowered. Um, and that's where it, that's how it started. It then not, then became part of my studio, my teaching space. And I did that for quite a few years. But then I guess because I was young, I didn't, I was still felt young, but I didn't really understand how to build a business at the time. So mm. I went and did my grad dip in education and I did four years in teaching while I was still actually building Fearless Singer. How many years um, have you been uh, in some sort of educational facility or uni? I know, mate. I owe. Sound like, I it feels like you just said three degrees in the last. I've got friggin' four degrees. I wow. am I am dying with my no, I shouldn't say that. I was gonna say dying with my debt. No, 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 no. We're going for the million dollar business. Yeah. Um I like to say that, like, you know, because I also have a thing about authority, but I've just got to. Yeah, and, and I mean, you say yeah. that you're a champion of women in music. You talk about empowering women. Oh, very and much so. Yeah. And, it, and it's now through the life coaching, it's become really about helping. So you might go feel a singer. Well, I don't really want to sing, but I'm very much about um, helping people discover their voice, whether it's through singing or speaking or communicating, telling your story and really becoming the center stage of your life. Because I think as women, we tend to, we're always there to nurture everybody else, mm. the little shadow artists, you know, we're there to, you know, make sure that our partners or our, you know, our kids or our best friends, you know, you we're know. there to support them and and we forget about ourselves and it's so i'm here to go no 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 you've got a really important story to share because we're all my belief is that we're all born with a story mm -hmm. and whether you share that through standing on a stage and telling your story or you're singing it or you're creating some kind of performing art around it you're there to share it and you're there to to be in the center stage and do that and whether yeah. that means like a stage a physical stage or you're just you're the doing center it stage your of business. your life right the center stage of your life totally get it stop being the friggin extras to everybody else <laughs> background extras no no <laughs> so no one gets a what, career out of being the background extra right? that's it so that's how fearless thing was born and 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 i like after covid it was just can I swear on the podcast? Yeah, yeah. It was just so fucked for teachers. It yeah. still is. Like everyone's still recovering. And I just went, you know what? I didn't love the feeling of not being in control of my own life during that. I was just, it felt like the teachers and the students were just throwing, you know, like to the wolves, you know, and the parents oh. of those kids. Like it was such an awful time for everybody. And I just went, you know what? It, this is not a stable job. This is not security. This is actually friggin' scary. And I'd rather create my own sense of security and stability through building my business. And that's when I went full time. So now I, yeah, like I said, I have multiple projects where, you know, I've got Girl from Greece. So we have a concert coming up and we've got a big show next year, potentially at QPAC. Um, I do a lot of gigging. Uh, but I also, yeah, do a lot of coaching in this space. But my my main baby is our Fearless Singer community and it's a membership. So I've got a group of um, singers, mostly women, but I've got two blokes in the group. Um, and we perform re regularly. So I, I book a particular um, venue 
like every couple of months and we sort of all like get an there. open mic night type of kind of but it's a bit more staged and I yep. book I book musicians and and they sing and they perform and but for some of them that's their first ever experience of performing and they just blow me away every time they just get so much more confident and then of course their talent is just you know it's even tenfold from where they started it's just incredible to watch i love that you're providing a performance opportunity for adult students who potentially come from what it sounds like all different avenues levels abilities yeah so that inclusive platform that's so fantastic and also too i have two young students so i don't actually teach a lot of young ones i've got two in my mix and they come as well and they're they're there at the bar yeah, I love that. We're their parents, of course, and, you know. Yeah, I love that. Now, no you mentioned um, on my watch. You, you, yeah. talked, you, know, you talked about, uh, you know, dropping the F-bomb and then affirmations. I'm going to go to a YouTube clip that I saw um, of you uh, doing I'm effing magic affirmation song. Is that? <laughs> tell me about that because you say you're a little bit woo, you love your affirmations. I'm watching this content and I'm just loving it. Is that original music or where do you come up with this inspiration and why do you create these sorts of this this sort of music and put it yeah, out? Yeah, sure. So I'm actually a, like I'm a professional jazz singer, you know, and yeah. I've been performing jazz for a long time. Um, but before that I was in garage bands and I love punk like I lo- and I love quirky silly music with silly lyrics and um in a in a few weeks time i'm going to be doing a country gig and sure. and then after that i'm going to do, do a greek gig so i've actually gone from thinking no i'm going to be a serious jazz singer to now like i just do everything and i love everything i'm not a snob when it comes to music because all music to me is with it's from the divine and you know as performers and singer songwriters or with or even if you're just singing in the shower you don't identify as any of those what you're doing is you're a conduit you're channeling that magic from the divine that music so for me it's like who like no 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 one is here to judge like no one should be judging because that's that's something that's greater and beyond us so whatever comes through, even if some people might think it's silly, I, I really don't care now because I go, no, that's from the divine. And so I'm fucking magic was this cute little punk pop song that came through last year. And it was a way of going off, just F off all that, that those old narratives that keep us um stuck you know for me being the serious jazz musician and you know wanting to be taken seriously you know yada yada oh yucky like just f that off focus on what it, who you are and you know and i'm not a little bit woo i'm a hundred percent woo yeah like, <laughs> so i believe that we are all you know spirits having a meat sack experience here you know i mean so it's like if that's the case we're all here we're here for a good time we're here to experience the gamut of of all aspects of life including pain because we need polarity otherwise the joy wouldn't be as joyous if we didn't have that contrast and so as artists and and i believe we're also all artists it's just about having fun and experimenting and 
And so that song was really an affirmation to song to say, this is who I am. I'm magic. I can create anything in my life if I believe and I, and I focus and I focus on, you know, the gratitude and I focus on my own sovereignty and I, you know, focus on what I'm here to do, which is more than anything to do with me. It's, it's a greater uh, purpose. It, like, we're here to build community and to serve and to inspire. Like that's what it's about. So it was kind of, it's a bit of a reclamation song. And yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I actually, love that. And I think that's I important. I, I think I that's important. That. And I love. Look, I'm I'm very much into affirmations. I think it's 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 a big deal. It's everything that drives me forward. I have them, little cue notes, cue symbols uh, around me on my desk in my wardrobe. I'm all about it. Uh, this morning I was journaling and meditating, and I think it's really an important part of just creating. Uh, a narrative in your mind that is positive that drives you forward. Because if you don't take time to create those affirmations or have those thoughts, and it, it's it can be really hard. It can be hard running a creative business unless you you have to remain positive. Because there's a lot of rejection. There's a lot of mm. you know uh, financial fear at times. I mean, I know you mentioned during COVID there was that challenge as well. Uh, you know, out of all the things that you do, like you've mentioned, again, singer, speaker, coach, um, you know, you produce events, you have the, you know, you're singing, you're a singing teacher as well. What lights you up the most, do you think? Like, where is it, if, you know, what is the thing or, or does it all have to make sense together? Uh, look, it, it all has to make sense together. It, uh, so many things light me up. Music lights me up. Being on stage uh being with a an amazing band lights me up and looking out to the audience i feel like if you're not separate to the audience when you're performing that's the other thing too it is like just for me it's like a big party with friends and they are all part of the performance and so just feeling that connection with the band with source with the audience and you know being at that moment in time is really special and then the same thing goes for at a fearless singer showcase and seeing you know some of the fearless singer members get up and perform I'd, i you literally feel like your heart is about to explode out of your chest mm. it's just the most it's just so beautiful you know um seeing other people shine uh yeah. so yeah it all it's an it intertwining all, like, thing it's intertwining and I, I, the other thing too you mentioned that i put on shows so i put on a production uh tribute to amy winehouse uh, a couple of years back, and we had an. Did amazing... you play Amy? No, there was an, a big lineup of singers. We all okay. Amy. <laughs> yeah, we all did. So you got the black hair going. I can. We totally didn't. Say it. We didn't. We didn't dress up as her because yeah. my partner at the time, who's now he's still my um, collaborator and best friend, but uh, he is obsessed with Amy Winehouse. And if anyone put on a wig, he would probably, I don't know, you just wouldn't be in the same room with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's very much about, no, we, we're honouring her her artistic integrity and her work. Um, but, yeah, that was really successful. And also I put on an event called Femme Jazz and had another lineup of incredible women and female-identifying performers. Um, and, yeah, just yeah, just seeing... The enormous talent in a room lights you up. Like I just went to an audition the other day and I have to say I sucked hardcore <laughs> and I just went, push, I just, like I, in, the, in the moment I just changed the narrative. It's like, yeah, you've left that too late to learn those parts. Psh. 
Um, but now you can get to sit back and watch all these young people that have come to this audition prepared who are phenomenal and they just blew me away. Like the amount of talent that is here in Brisbane. I was so proud. Like it made me so proud. Mm. Um, anyway, I could keep carrying I, on. I love that as well that you're still out there, you're still putting yourself forward um, and, you know, those moments of rejections as you get older, you, you know, it's all part and parcel, isn't it? Yeah. How do you you talk about fearless? I mean, that's part of your brand messaging and it's a really strong part. I mean, you've you've called, you know, the fearless singer. Um, so when we talk about being fearless, what do you, how do you teach someone to be fearless? Like, can you teach that? How yeah. do you share that with Absolutely. others? Absolutely. And are you fearless? Yeah, I would say I am. I, and to, to be honest, uh, look, there's always fear within me and there's always blocks that I that come up from time to time and you're like, oh, my God, I didn't even know I believed that. Ooh. <laughs> and it feels like squeezing a blackhead. You know how it's kind of exciting? Yeah. You're like, ooh, exciting. So that's to me now it's like, oh, yep, time to go now. Like lucky I found you kind of thing. Um, so you can, can teach fearlessness and it really – comes back to that teaching uh, I love Gabrielle Bernstein and she talks about miracles being a, a shift in paradigm so it's these small tiny little shifts um, and in the moment you probably don't if you're not tuned into those tiny little cosmic shifts that you're creating uh, they're happening regardless of if you're aware of them but you know you'll get to that other sort of port say for instance you know we, we hear that abraham hicks analogy of you know going down that you know that stream and we have to drop the oars because we don't want to paddle upstream well i imagine that stream with all these tiny little ports all the way through like because we've got these you know destination points towards wherever we need to go and so sometimes we end up at one of these ports and if we're not aware of those tiny little shifts we go well, how did that happen but those tiny little shifts are miracles and they do add up to these big, you know, momentous points in our life where, wherever we need to go so we get to those ports. So the way you teach fearlessness is through tiny little reframes all the time. So I've got to this point in my life because I have just, when things come up for me, like, obviously, it's important that you feel them and you honour that, you know, it's usually a wounded child, like it's an inner child thing and it's a time in your life that's you've been impacted. So whether it's uh, like trauma or even just a misunderstanding, so someone said something to you as a kid and you've taken it the wrong way. Um, but you, you acknowledge what's going on, so it's important to be aware and then you reframe it. And so now when shitty things happen or I put myself in shit situations like going to an audition unprepared, rather than focusing on any kind of drama around it, oh, no, I'm, this is in front of people I know and respect and they respect me and I've kind of let, you know, rather than buy into that, I just quickly shift it. It's a quick reframe now because I've practised that well, for many, many years. what is the reframe? So as an example, so, so, so for instance, walking into an audition unprepared, but you did your best, you know, um, and knowing that, oh, shit, I stuffed that up and, I'm, you know, I'm definitely not going to get that, you know. Sometimes you've got to, you, 
there is reality, you know, you've got to go, that yeah. wasn't that good enough, you know. Um, but rather than go and sit down and feel really humiliated or like buying into those, you know, bigger dra dramatic feelings, which are valid, I mean, you can feel that for a moment, but you just don't hang out in that space. So in that moment, I was able to sit down and go, oh, I stuffed that up. That was a bit embarrassing in front of my two peers. Um, but I was in the room with all these incredibly talented young artists. So I sat down and I watched them and I really enjoyed their performances and I enjoyed their voices and felt so proud of them, them and also their teachers because I, I would probably know a lot of their teachers um that they've all come super prepared they they're incredible talent and so i left that audition just levitating out the door because i was just so enthralled by the beautiful talent in the room mm. and as opposed to then you know and it could have gone the other way it could have gone like oh i'm such a fucking loser why did i fucking do that I should have just yeah. not gone. I wasn't prepared enough, but I didn't want to let anyone down. You know, so it it's really just it it all all comes back to choice. You know how you want to see something, and what would you rather? Would you rather beat yourself up and feel shit for you know? And 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 honestly, those hangovers for feeling shit can last days if you let them. Mm. Or would you rather reframe in the moment? And then go and get on with your life and go and do other beautiful creative things, you know? Yeah, yeah get back to what you need to do. Yeah, you want totally. To do. Attention dance and performing arts studio owners and teachers. Are you looking for new program and service ideas or a fresh approach to engage your students? Do you want to learn innovative ways to improve the efficiency of your studio business, saving you much needed time and money? I'm excited to share with you an event that I have coming up that is set to help studio owners grow their business through fresh ideas, future thinking and innovation. You may have noticed a big shift in the way students and parents engage with us as well as a change in student commitment and retention. You also may have felt the real pinch more recently when it comes to rising costs impacting our studio revenue and even more importantly, your profit margins. It's essential to move with the times and improve how we do things in our industry. So I would like to introduce to you an event called Studio Innovation Conference, and it is the future of performing arts studio businesses. Let's face it, this world is changing and we need to stay relevant to stay in business. It's happening on Friday, the 8th of September in Sydney, Australia, and all studio owners, teachers, and team are welcome to take part. Go online, grab your tickets, head to josephinelandcuba.com forward slash conference, and the link is in the show notes. See you at Studio Innovation Conference. Do you teach singing in person or is it online, like you're, with your singing coach? Coaching yeah, so um, here in the studio, so I'm in um, Brisbane's West End, um, but I also do online coaching yeah, as okay. well. Yeah, so yeah. you've still got that that studio environment and you've also got your coaching clients, of course. Yeah, yeah. How do you, you know, uh, attract students? So is it, is it that you've established yourself over time or do you have a strategy around attracting singing students or... Or how yeah. do you do that in your business? Yeah. So the way I do it is 
it, it obviously yeah it has happened over time um and then building credibility as well but i i uh, do a weekly podcast uh i you know I'd also uh, every fortnight put out free resources i uh, once a month i have a, a fearless singers facebook group which is free to join uh, and then i do um, private podcasts in there as well as uh, workshops you know for free so i do a lot of free content that i, I put out and also um the strategy is really about just just sharing as much as i can and know and then and putting that. myself out there mm. so that people can get really get a sense of who I am and what I'm about and what feel a singer is about yeah I think that not enough studio owners tap into what you just said and that is giving you know resources free resources resources online obviously with an opt-in option so you're getting their details right yep. I assume yep. so you're getting their email address and then your database so when you are launching a program or a course or enrollments are open or whatever depending on your studio environment they're now on your mailing list i and and i know you work predominantly with you know maybe some young people but also older people as well so it's a more mature studio environment but even for people who are teaching children i actually think that is such a great tip to tap into like you know what ballet shoes to buy your toddler or you know here's oh. a the you know a pdf on how to properly fit your point shoes for your teenage daughter you know like parents would buy into that because it's free content and they that's going to help their kid so i think that's a really easy to do tool obviously there's time involved in setting it up but once it's set up they they they're funneling into your database Mm, um, do you right. find that you get a good result from these sorts of resources? Yeah, yeah, I do. So I, I have a, a free opt-in on my website. Um, and, yeah, so you, you have to provide your email address to get mm. it. But it's a, a daily singing routine. And you can, because uh, I use Kajabi, which is which hosts my website and, you know, my online courses, they can uh, download that as an app and then they've got singing exercises that if they just did that every day they'll be taking care of their voice so that's part of the fearless singer kit and like you said it's important to collect email addresses because it's uh, it's uh, I don't know I just feel like with the changing landscape of social media as we've just seen with uh, the new threads and and Twitter's even Twitter now X turning and into X and X and you know whatever. it's just yeah. so uh, vulnerable. Yeah, it's so vulnerable. You you you're better off having your own little space, you know, mm. a little landing space for for people. And and yeah, I think it, and if you get into that space of the same thing, <clears throat> the little girl that wants to share the love of, you know, like when I was little i'm still kind of going why did you call yourself a loser you know at the beginning i was like oh what a little I was like that's a that's a bit of a negative talk that i've you know obviously going to go back and go where did, where did that come from um but yeah wanting to share your gift with people it's the same thing it's like you're just touching base every week to go hey this is some of the stuff that's been really helping me this week it may help you, you might be interested. Um, same thing with the podcast. Hey, I found this human, like Josephine Lane Cuba, so inspiring. She's done all this incredible stuff and, you know, she's done it all herself. Um, you know, she's really inspiring. You should check her out. Like you're just in that, 
that nature of giving, you know. Mm. And then, of course, people are going to unsubscribe from you. My own relatives yep. unsubscribe from me. Like, Oh, my gosh, I'll never forget that, actually. When I first started, this isn't like a decade ago with my studio, mm. I remember I was so excited. I started building, building my very first email list. And the first person to unsubscribe was my sister. Oh, what a bitch. <laughs> anyway, and I was like, and how could she do that? How could she unsubscribe? Now I get it. Yeah. She's not my client. She doesn't need to see my emails. She's my sister. That's it. I, it's, you know, it's not a numbers game as in, you know, for vanity's sake. It's, it's about people who are genuinely engaged and you're better off having them unsubscribe. Like anywhere up to, they say, you know, on any newsletter, email out up to 1%. Like if you lose 1%, that's okay. If you yeah. start losing 2%, 3%, I think that's a bit yeah. of a red zone and you need to start looking at your copy and what you're sending or how yeah. you're sending it. But, yeah. yeah, it's natural. Oh, 100%. Um, and, yeah, like you just said, you you want people that are, that are genu- genuinely engaged, even if they never book in with you. But, you know, I love hearing back from people, you know, just telling me their stories or what's happening with their voice that week or it's just, you know, you feel like you are building a genuine community and that's what, what you're really after. Is, yeah, and you know, that's it. Yeah, like, it, you know, sure we are, we are wanting, we have a business and we need to pay the bills and all the rest of it. That is important. Um, but that will come. If you focus on the outcome which is to serve a community and to build a community um and it's this nature of 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 sharing um the love well yeah the rest will just come you know yeah and i and i think that's key if look if you're if you're not growing you're dying because if it's just a retention only strategy and retention is really important that comes through community nurturing building those beautiful connections but you do need to attract the new people in because eventually people move on. So, mm. you know, just having the, that, that lead system or, as you put it, you're sharing the love. So mm. that's a different perspective on it. So, yes, you can think of it as a lead magnet with a PDF and a funnel, you know. Yeah. Or yeah. you can think of it as in, like you said, I'm sharing the love. I'm building community. I'm giving what I have mm. out and it, and it comes back to me. Yeah. And it's a different mindset, isn't it? And I think that would take away from that that block sometimes of people going oh i have to create the lead funnel you know i think <laughs> there's also creative that can be a really big mind-boggling concept but it's actually just sharing the love and getting their details mm. in return that's I it think, so you can communicate with them i think business jargon does put a lot of creatives off mm. um yeah and also too i feel like it's a very australian thing we're always overcoming this idea of oh gosh They'll, they'll think I've got tickets on myself, you know, like there's mm-hmm. that real big thing to get over, you know. Um, and also if you do have tickets on yourself, great. That's a yeah. good positive thing to to really believe in yourself and to love yourself and um and yeah, believe that whatever it is that you want to build, you can you can do it. Uh yeah. It's yeah, funny. I think as well. We, we Australians are so funny, aren't we? Yeah, and and yeah. even at forty, I still think I'm learning that lesson, and I'm really starting to get more comfortable in my own skin. Um, mm. Just a couple of years ago, I stopped wearing black. I used to wear black all the time, black only because it made me look slimmer. How stupid is that? Mm. Oh, and no. then I was like, that was shoved down our throats. That was shoved up. down our throats, especially our yeah. generation. You had to wear black. Yeah. Black made yeah. you look slimmer. Um, 
And now I'm just like, oh God, I, I, I made a decision two years ago, was it two years ago, maybe 18 months ago, that I was going to step into color. That was what I taught. I'm going to step into color. And now I just love it. Like I'm so, I don't care. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's what my body looks like. Like who cares? Yeah. With photo shoots and stuff, anything you do for your brand. I know a lot of studio owners hide. They don't want to get in front of the camera. They don't want to show themselves as the rock star of their brand. And they, they don't get on like lives or stand next to their students on social media in that photo and things like that, or they're not featured on their website. And I just think we need to get over that a little bit. And, you know, so what? You could have been five kilos lighter in that bloody photo shoot, but who really actually cares? When you lose the five kilos in 10 years, go get another photo shoot, you know, but it's actually who you are now and just embrace it. Mm -hmm. Even artists do this. Like as someone who's in talent agency and management, I always say to my artists, don't lie on your profile. Don't pretend to be something you're not, especially adults. They do. They'll lie about their age and their dress size. But then when you walk into the audition room, you're not the person you are on paper. It doesn't work. You must represent yourself as you are. And honestly, as an artist, when I was auditioning back in the day, um, I remember I used to do all, I used to straighten my hair and wear high heels to the audition and dress all in black. And the minute I stopped doing that, it took me a long time to figure this out. I remember one audition, I went in and I wore jeans, which, oh my gosh, that makes me look fat with a white top, had my hair out and curly, not much makeup, flats on. And just went in and did it and I got the job. And I just thought, oh my God, I have wasted <laughs> a decade of my life trying to be what someone told me I was supposed to be. And that is so important. I think that comes through in every forms of business, not just for artists, but for business owners, you know, like I said, stepping into being that rock star of your business, get in front of the camera, showcase yourself, show, share the love, you know, celebrate the wins and um, show up for your business. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And look, I, I just want to acknowledge if anyone's listening to this and they do struggle with body image issues, mm. um, you're not on your own. No. You're not on your own. We all do. We're all undoing centuries of patriarchy and capitalism and a diet industry in the 80s that probably has you know well i know killed a lot of people had took mm. a lot of casualties so this is what we're undoing yes. um i've been there i've been 40 kilos heavier and had to overcome that and get on the screen because you know your body is actually the it's the less interesting part of you you know it's your it's your essence it's it's your story. I mentioned that we're all born with a story to share. Uh, you are more than this meat sack that is that we have. Mm. I, you know, as much as I love this meat sack, I love it. It's like I've put on a little bit of weight, and honestly, um, I just I'm so grateful for all the different readings and and the help that I've got over the years with this because I look at my little ducky bum that's what my mum used to call me in a cute loving way it wasn't to put me down and I go oh, I love this little cute ducky bum now like you know <laughs> my little high-waisted jeans and you know yeah. and like it not to rub that in but it's taken me a long time to get to this point yeah but yeah I like I said like if I if I 
decided not to get in front of a camera um, five, four or five years ago, Fearless Singer wouldn't be where it is now. We wouldn't, totally. we wouldn't be here. Yeah. I wouldn't be having this conversation with you, yeah. you know. Um, so I just decided that, well, you know what, okay, if I can't love myself the way I am, like my body, I'm going to get to a place of neutrality where it's just like, well, you know, this is who I am. And that, that helped me. Yeah, so and I think that helps showing up as well. Yeah, so if you can if you can work with a therapist to get to a place of neutrality about your body and your you know your image, um, and then yeah, and then start just practicing showing up. Even if you you feel like oh no, I just look terrible, just do it anyway because we need you. We yeah. need you. We need your voice. We need your own unique. Thing that you bring to the world so please don't deprive us of that because of centuries of patriarchy and capitalism that was really set out about destroying us yes. you know so and we're seeing it in, in in dance studios in dance culture we see yeah. it in our young emerging artists the pressure that they're feeling i mean you see it you know oh that's not a typical ballet body or even even the other day i mean someone made a comment in the gymnastic center about you know how wonderful my daughter is and isn't it lovely that you know the norm of of the gymnast body has changed and i just thought why ever mention that yes. you know like yeah f you man yeah. fuck you like what's that supposed to mean yeah exactly like, just, what are you just, talking about just, that frustrates me you know can we just get to a point where that's not a fucking conversation that we have in front of our children can we Correct. just get to that point? Like, what so are that we, they what don't are have to grow up screwed up, like bodies. you know, yeah, exactly, yeah, and have to undergo so much therapy. <laughs> yeah, um, but it is changing. Yeah. The landscape is oh, changing. 100%. We're seeing more, yeah. um, you know, body positivity and acceptance um, in in dance studios. We're seeing a change in that as well. We're seeing different uh, ways of you know costuming. Um, even uniform companies are making different sizes now and mm. different colors and shades and all of that sort of thing and we're seeing it in you know pop culture singers artists uh but they still get scrutinized oh yeah like uh after the big thing with lizzo yeah i was like oh now you know you see all the the, the most depressing thing you can do is to read comments Mm. about a plus-sized person who's done something wrong on the internet. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just so depressing seeing, oh, okay, that's where we still are. Mainstream yeah. society still believes that about larger-bodied people. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Mm. I would love to know, uh, you know, I, I mean, we could chat forever, you and I, don't worry about that. <laughs> but I'd love to know, what does success look like to you? How do you define success in your life? Yeah, I, I think for me... I feel very successful. I, you know, may not have hit certain income goals yet, or you know, those kind of like you said before, those those metrics. You know, that as business owners, particularly in the online space, we we strive for. Um, but it's so interesting because I had to really have this stern conversation with myself because I think with the pursuing of the metrics, it kind of just. Put, this took me a little bit out of alignment with my my vision and and my mm. service so i had to really come back and go mate you're successful right now because you're doing what you love 
Like you, if 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 I won the hundred million dollars that was you know on offer from you know the Powerball a couple of weeks back, <laughs> I would still be doing this right now. I'd still have people coming to the studio and I'd be helping with them with their 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 voice or their projects or their creative dreams. I'd still be um, champion championing women in music. I'd still be performing. I'd still be doing the business coaching. This is my life's dream right now. Mm. So that's what success is to me. It's being able to wake up in the morning knowing that I don't have to go anywhere. I can hang out with my cat. I can drink my coffee. You know, I don't. I can determine what my hours are going to be. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't have to go to a building that's really cold because of the air conditioning and they've got fluoro lights all throughout. <laughs> Back to the fluoros. Oh, yeah. look, I totally hear you. I think as well, look, I do coach my um, clients that it is important to have a profitable business, but what level of profit or what is defined as enough money or desired amount of money or enough students or a desired amount of students really has to be up to the individual. And you can't tell someone that, oh, you've only, you've got less than 100 students, you're, you're not successful. You've got 10 students, that's unsuccessful. Well, it depends, doesn't it? If, mm. if that brings them enough that it fills their cup, you know, that they're happy with their level of lifestyle through that, then that's enough. But I think it's when we start comparing ourselves to others where the danger is with metrics because 100%. it's the whole, you yeah. know, six-figure business, whatever. And I've run, you know, multi-six-figure businesses before and do. But then to go see, but the the, the bar keeps rising. Yeah, that's now it's it. like, got to get to the seven. Well, then when the seven hits, got to get to the eight figures. I had know. to go, like, with this like, late last tax return, like, you know, that, that that's the other thing too. You, you're probably doing better than what you actually think sometimes. Mm. That's the other thing you've got to really, I think this is why you do have to develop a, a, a positive relationship, a healthy relationship with the metrics. So it's not like just yes. avoid them. You do need to see what's happening, but it's a bit like um, just taking the, the drama and the story away from them. And like totally. you said, not comparing yourself because you know, sure, I'm not a massive studio in terms of I don't have 100 students, but I'm also a premium service. So I charge um, more than what other singing teachers do. Uh, but they're not, it's not just the one-on-one -on -one stuff they, that my students get. They also, they're part of the community. They're part of a, a group coaching service. They're part of, you know, multiple performance opportunities. So I feel as though, you know, it does warrant, like what they get, it, it warrants the, the price, but it means that, you know, I can pay my rent and my, my car payment and, you know, totally. I can live a fairly comfortable life because, because of that. The other thing too is, um, this is why you have to know your metrics. I had no idea. I made um, way over a hundred thousand dollars just in, and this is my first year of properly being in business, not having any other kind of any kind of source of income. So before that, I was doing a bit of supply teaching, and before that, you knew I was. This a is your full time teacher. gig now. This is my full time gig. So, you know, here I am thinking, oh, 
you know, like I, I, I really need to um, get into my money boot camp. I'm with Denise Duffield-Thomas in her course and really reframe tax. You know, that's definitely yes. a, a bit of a block for me. But, yeah, to go, oh, shit, I didn't realise I made that much money. <laughs> yeah, and you, you know, know what? I yeah. love that we're talking about money and artists need to, and, and I consider studio owners and creative business owners artists because we oh, are. Oh, yeah, we are artists, yeah. Um, we need to get comfortable talking about money mm. and it's and you know setting goals and yes monitoring metrics but like you said we need to take the emotion out of the metrics that doesn't determine our value the metrics are not about us as human beings it's just a tool it's like anything else in business it's a tool to go where am i at oh okay geez mm. those facebook ads are costing me more than i'm getting back in return so let's change up the ads or cancel the campaign that's what metrics are. They're not to be invested emotionally into. And I think, yeah, if we need to detach ourselves from that and remove the comparisonitis because that is where it becomes dangerous. And then you end up not in alignment. Like you said, when you're in alignment with what you're doing, it, the success can follow. Mm. Um, you know, obviously we need to have persistence and, and a, a little bit of grit sometimes, but yeah, it needs to be in alignment, you know, and I don't think metrics is the only thing to measure. So I love that you've said that about success, that it's, you know, it's about the joy and the alignment and waking up each day doing what you love and that if you won a million dollars, you'd still be doing it. So. Still be doing it. I just would <laughs> buy this building that I live in. Like, seriously, I'd own it. That's, I love that's... that. I love that so much. So who or what inspires you, Mel? Oh gosh, a lot of people inspire me. Um, I think my my beautiful mother. So you know, my mum retrained. Well, she was she didn't even finish high school when she was young, and at forty, she decided, you know what, uh, I'm just going to go and reinvest in my education. So she went back to um, night school to finish her, you know, get a senior certificate, and went to uni and put herself through with flying colours and. Uh, completely changed our financial situation at the time. So, and, you know, she's a woman that's done it all by herself and she owns property and, you know, so she really inspires me. Um, and then I've got just incredible people around me, other artists. Um, I work with a woman called Katerini Menelatos. So she's my, my Greek sister and we've got a girl from Greece together and we've got a beautiful show coming up and, We've, and she's a real can-do, you know. It's like we're, we're bringing a bazooki player from Melbourne. We've got a guitarist coming from Cairns. And she's like, yeah, well, we'll just make it happen. Okay. Ah. And she's so self-regulated. She's a music therapist as well as a performer. And so she's just this just walking grace, you know. And so she inspires me. Um, yeah, I just... I. I think I'm very much inspired mostly by women and female identifying people. And that's not to, I know that there are incredible men and um, yeah, trans men and all the rest of it. Um, but I love women who uh, just feel, fearlessly go for what they want and they tell stories. Like I love female identifying storytellers i i was obsessed with the barbie movie yes i saw I your love, pen shirt oh, i've got the barbie one too um th th these are from audacious by the way um beautiful artists here in brisbane so he 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 created this um That's so cool yeah so you can get them online as well 
Um, but yeah, so I'm just inspired by like Margot Robbie and the fact that I didn't know that she has a production company called Chap One and they put out Made, you know, the Netflix series, which I absolutely love because that's another strong, you know, female story of empowerment. So yeah, that's, I'm, I'm inspired by her. I'm, I'm inspired by, um, Greta Gerwig and, you know, just really strong, intelligent women and female yeah. identifying And bringing those yeah. stories to the forefront. I'm actually going yeah. to see tonight uh, Menopause the Musical. Oh, cool. At uh, the local theatre here. It's the professional um, cast, yeah. <clears throat> but I'm I'm near a, a, a professional theatre in my local community and, uh, yeah, going to see that show. So that'll be interesting and that'll be filled with with stories of, of women and, and hilarity. So mm. I'm actually looking forward to that. But, yeah, I love that so much. And so tell everyone listening what's next, what's coming Ooh, up for you, Mel? Yeah. Okay. So I just mentioned our Girl from Greece, our debut show is on the 23rd of September. So if you are in Brisbane, it's at um, Speak Up Studio here in Spring Hill. Uh, and then we're going to be working on a a really, really beautiful project called Nana Muscuri and Me, Stories of Belonging. So we're going to tell the story of Nana Muscuri, sing songs, as well as tell our diaspora stories, you know, so where our families are from Greece and connecting, you know, here in Australia. And so that's going to be really special. There'll be a project that we um, most likely will be uh, performed during the Brisbane Festival next year. Um, and then, yeah, I guess after that too, Fearless Singer is going to be an online course. Oh, so yeah, yeah. So Fearless, the so I've got the Fearless Singer membership. So everything that we sort of covered in there as a membership, um, I'm just going to condense it all into into a course. So whether you are a singer that wants to just really just go full time into this realm, you want to explore what it would mean to be a full time creative. Um, and you want a, a place that you can really um, be feel supported in uh, developing your, your voice because we have to always be working on our instrument, developing those, you know, the performance skills, the mindset, and also the business. I think I'm very much big on singers having multiple streams of income, you know. Mm. Uh, like you said, it's important that what what will creatives do with more money? Create Think about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> contribute to community yeah exactly give joy to others that's it yeah. so that's it so i think we are very you and i are very similar in in that striving for that you know that yes we, we i want, change I want that, that narrative around totally yeah, and like we were talking about before the narrative around money and you know all of it yeah you know and and we are we are more than the art the art yeah. is is what leads us yeah but you know, we can make money from what we do and be appreciated and that's okay. Like it's not a dirty word to say, pay me for my art, pay me for my service of teaching the art or whatever. Yeah. Um, so many times I just see teachers and studio owners and people in this industry scared to charge. Mm. So because I love that you share multiple revenue streams for the artists themselves and how that can look in a business setting because that's really an important message to share, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's an, it's an energetic exchange and you'll find that the more you just tap into that service, people just want to pay you. It's like mm. me. I just, you know, um, this artist, Nordacious, I 
I swung him money when he had like all of his cartels like drop, like just didn't work. So, you know, everything Shopify just did a little a few weeks ago. And I just went and put money into his account and because I love him. He's a yeah. really um, incredible giving, sharing artist. I want to be able to do that. I want to give you my money because I believe in you or I love what you do. So yeah. let people do that for you. Yeah, and, don't, don't and when it. they fund yeah. you, it means that the, that what you love to do can continue because mm. even though, like we said, metrics isn't everything, it is a part of the business story. We, we need to be mindful so that we can sustain ourselves and have a lifestyle that we're, we're content with, that we're happy with. Mm. Um, and, yeah, success is not a dirty word and, and success is defined by however you define it. It exactly. doesn't have to be... You know, yeah. just because, you know, Kim Kardashian yeah. says success is having a private jet, that doesn't mean that's your success. But if it is, mm. that's okay too. That's and if you don't like the word success, you're an artist. Change it. Yeah. Come up with your own word for it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Thank yeah. you so much for being uh, on the show. Uh, you know, we're newly branded Studio Biz and all that jazz. Congratulations. So it's- excited. Um, it's been a journey and I'm and I'm just so happy to have you here on the show. So thank Aww. you for your time today. Thanks, Josephine. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. This episode was brought to you by my signature group coaching program, Studio Biz Success, an amazing and accessible online educational platform for performing arts studio owners designed to help you grow your business with confidence and get your results. Check it out at josephinelancuba.com along with other great industry resources to help you leap into the studio biz you deserve. If you love this episode, be sure to share it with your friends. You can tag me on social media at josephinelancuba and give it a review. Your support helps the show to grow so I can continue to provide you with useful, informative content. I'm Josephine Lancuba, your biggest cheerleader. Thanks for listening and shine bright.